to your daily dose of facts to fight off the liberal gaslighting. You can be in the middle of a hurricane. You have sanctuary in the city of Chicago. Or you can be on a calm day. North is still north. You could be in a thunderstorm. I am angry. We are not going back. Not ever. North is still north. People can yell at you. The hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy them. North is still north. It doesn't change fundamental things. And in this business, right is still right, even if you stand by yourself. We don't get fooled again. No, no. Live across the fruited plain and from sea to shining sea, we are converting the Marxist left one hour at a time on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Hello, America, and beyond the fruited plain, welcome home to the Wendy Bell Radio program, Common Sense Conservative Values, five days a week. 15 busy broadcasting hours of fabulosity. We give it to you. We give it to you in podcast form, Wendy Bell Radio, wherever you get your favorite listening materials. We give it to you online in a live stream of the entire three hours, commercial breaks included. Wendy Bell Radio Network app. Go there. Uh, We're just thrilled that you're here. And thank you very much for being a part of the program. We're going to talk a little Hunter. We're going to talk about Joe's trip to the border. Uh, We're going to talk about the DOJ's continued weaponization against January 6th. Anything involved with January 6th, three years later, we're still doing this. Yes, because the clock is ticking. Time is running out and they know it. So thank you for being here. Pull up a chair. Welcome home. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice. For all. Amen. We got a serious issue in this country, ladies and gentlemen. I think we can agree that is an understatement. You just have to ask, which which one are you talking about now, Wendy? And you'd be correct. Because we are awash in filth. And I don't think it takes a mom to see the moral decay in this country. To, to see the normalizing of things that are abnormal. And I blame Barack Obama. I do. I blame Barack Obama for opening the door to this idea that the United States of America needed to change, that there needed to be a transformation. There was an ideological shift that we were all supposed to get on board with, whether you wanted to or not. And when you didn't get on board, it became mandatory. It's sort of like the jab. You know how they floated the jab? Oh, we got this thing. This thing is going to be great. We think it's going to be fantastic. Everybody should go out and get it. There was hesitation. Well, no, we really think you should get it. Now we really think you ought to get it. And if you don't get it, we're going to hold something back from you. Two, look, if you don't freaking get this, we are going to ruin your life. And it's going to be a cold, dark winter of death, right? Sort of the strategy. Browbeat you over with ideas that suck. But deeply ensconced in this new progressive world order is the idea that we ought not take responsibility for anything we do, particularly if we're on the left. Get get pregnant, 
We all know how people get pregnant. This is not a mystery. There are many ways, fail-safe ways, to not get pregnant. But should you happen to get pregnant, don't take responsibility. Take action. That's what they preach. Hunter Biden yesterday stood before House Oversight. Well, sat. And he read a very calculated, carefully worded opening statement. And he wants everybody in this country to believe that he is a victim that his father is a champion, a hero, that he is blameless in any of of Hunter Biden's misdeeds, personal foibles, addiction, etc. And that what we're all going through is really this crazy witch hunt that's driven by political animus and an overarching MAGA idea that is a threat to democracy. There you go. I have just summarized the garbage. And I would be lying to you if I said I did not feel conflicted about Hunter Biden. Because I think the Biden family is a tragic dynasty of mediocrity, of average intelligence at best, coupled with dreams of grandeur and the road to success that involved corruption and blackmail and bribery. And now all of this hangs in the balance. And these people want you to forget what you've heard. They want you to forget the scathing banking documents. They want you to forget the whistleblowers, the people who've stepped forward with firsthand knowledge, who out of duty to country knowing full well that they were going to destroy their lives. That duty superseded their self-preservation. And Hunter Biden yesterday directed his comments about this wild, crazy impeachment inquiry, this giant waste of time, as being something politically driven. America just wants America back. We just want people we can believe in. We're hungry for someone to tell the truth. We're big boys and girls. We can take it. We see it. We feel it every day. We try to dismantle it when it comes home with our children from school. It's pervasive. It is inescapable. It is the reality of what these people have done to our country. And you don't get to pass. Go every single time and have somebody pick up your pieces. What Hunter Biden wants is for you to trust him, to believe him. The man has done nothing to garner any kind of trust or believability. We've all watched and cringed as the stories of his personal life have devolved into the pages of tabloids and even the mainstream media that tried desperately to cover it up. But when those tragic misdeeds and sidesteps started intertwining with his father, which happened years and years ago, I believe that is when Hunter started going downhill. When he was used by his father 
to be the front man, to make the connections, to finalize the deals, to be the banker of the family. And I know somewhere along the way, Hunter Biden realized that Joe Biden's love of Joe Biden and his perceived notion of who he always dreamed of being, which is fictitious, superseded his love for Hunter. And knowing that someone who should love you more than anything in the world does not. And knowing that that person who should love you more than anything in this world loves all of the lies and the garbage more than you. The path to destruction becomes very clear. I had intended on reading to you his opening statement, but instead I just cherry-picked some words in the moments before the show went live today. These are some of them. He says Republicans have hunted his father. That this whole impeachment inquiry is a partisan political pursuit. MAGA-motivated conspiracies. That this is a partisan house of cards and a frantic search to prove lies. He says that his dad, Joe, devoted his life to public service trying to make this country better. And that these hate-filled conspiracy theories in this sham impeachment inquiry is nothing but baseless, destructive, and a political charade. That is a fine, fine synopsis of the impeachment inquiries into Donald Trump and his ultimate impeachment. It is sad because, yes, there are big problems going on in this country. And the egos of the few seem to trump what is good for the many. And America awakens day after day to the reality that we don't matter. I want to matter. I want my children to matter. I want you to matter. I want the next generations who haven't even been thought of to matter the most. And that means carving into all the suck and exposing what needs to be exposed so that you can make the best decisions for you and your family. That is where we are, ladies and gentlemen. No matter the debacle, no matter the headline, no matter the greed, the corruption, or the suck, that is where we are. When we come back, Hunter says, of course, his father never, ever, 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 ever was a part of anything. Well, we got three minutes it says otherwise. Uh-oh. I got it for you. Coming up next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network.
All right, so I do want to I want to read you the beginning of Hunter Biden's statement before the House Committees on Oversight and Accountability and the Judiciary yesterday. He said, I'm here today to provide the committees with the one uncontestable fact that should end the false premise of this inquiry. I did not involve my father in my business. Not while I was a practicing lawyer. When was that? Not in my investments or transactions, domestic or international. Not as a board member and not as an artist. Which his dad probably thanks him for the art thing. Which is, yeah, never, he says. You read this fact, blah, blah, blah. People stepped forward for more than a year. Your committees have hunted me in your partisan political pursuit of my dad. (laughs) Ain't that rich? What? So despite all of the the evidence that we have painfully delivered to you day after day, month after month, and now, yes, year after year, Hunter Biden expects you to believe him. The guy who is unbelievable, the guy who is unreliable, the guy whose private life we know far more about than we should wants you demands Did you listen to what he says? Stop this. (laughs) It's very interesting because everything that Hunter writes in this is basically the left's desperate attempt to point fingers and to make other people accept responsibility for their failures. It's not on us. It's your fault. That's a serious problem in this country, ladies and gentlemen. When you make a mistake, when you make a decision, when you choose a path, you find out it's wrong. Hopefully you do it quickly, figure it out, fail fast, regroup and start again. Do you know how refreshing it is to hear people say, I blew it? That was mine? I'm so sorry. Please won't you help me? Can we come together? Would you assist? This is inherent in our nature. It's part of what we do, help each other. That's not what their purpose is. And to, I'd say, refute Hunter's adamance that Joe never had anything to do with anything with his business, we have a little mashup for you. Enjoy. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses. President Biden met with at least 14 of Hunter's business associates while he was vice president. Then Vice President Joe Biden had dinner with his son Hunter along with Hunter's business associates from Ukraine, Russia and Kazakhstan. And the day after the dinner, a Burisma executive sent a note to Hunter quoting, Dear Hunter, thank you for inviting me to D.C. and giving an opportunity to meet your father and spend some time together. Hunter's lucrative business dealings often include giving as much as 50% of his earnings to his dad. The text read, quote, I hope you all can do what I did and pay for everything for this entire family for 30 years. It's 
really hard, but don't worry, unlike Pop, I won't make you give me half your salary. His son, Hunter, joining the then vice president on the official visit to Beijing. Unknown to the press back then, Hunter Biden was forming a Chinese private equity fund, planning to raise money, including from Chinese investors. Ten days after the Biden's trip, Shanghai authorities issued the fund's business license. And uh, Hunter introduced me as, uh, this is Tony, Dad, uh, the individual I told you about that's helping us with the business that we're working on and the Chinese. The email reads this way, quote, at the moment, there's a provisional agreement that the equity will be distributed as follows. Ten held by Hunter for the big guy. I a thousand percent sit here and know that the big guy is referencing Joe Biden. I met with the former vice president in person multiple times. A newly revealed text message shows Bobolinsky was apparently warned by business partner James Gillier, don't mention Joe being involved. It's only when you are face to face. I know you know that, but they are paranoid. Chinese executives admitted to reporters that they were actually introduced to the vice president by Hunter Biden. Hunter and the then vice president seen with a pair of Mexican billionaires at the same time Hunter had been working on energy deals in Mexico. Joe Biden also had Hunter and his business partner fly on Air Force Two to Mexico. His closest business partner, Hunter, has made at least 19 visits to the White House and other official locations including a sit-down with then-Vice President Joe Biden in the West Wing. There is photographic evidence of Biden on a golf outing with both his son, Hunter, and a man called Devin Archer, who was another member of the Burisma board. We also know that Devin Archer in that picture had a meeting in the White House, one-on-one -on -one meeting with Joe Biden about a week before they joined the Burisma board. And that's just for starters. We could go on and on and on. So to re- affirm what we started with. Let's go back to what he was saying. I am here today to provide the committees with the one uncontestable fact that should end the false premise of this inquiry. This is Hunter's opening statement. I did not involve my father in my business, not while I was a practicing lawyer, not in my investments or transactions, domestic or international, not as a board member and not as an artist. Never. Now, do you believe any of that? Of course not. Take responsibility. Be a man. Scratch that. Just be a decent human being, Hunter. Because the walls are closing in. Because the lion's share of America knows damn well what has been going on. We know you know that we know. And you're now in a mad scramble as the clock ticks forward. What is particularly offensive about his opening statement, though, is what he uses addiction for as a crutch, as an excuse, as an avenue to step away from taking any kind of responsibility. That's unacceptable. That's a product of bad parenting. Facts. You are a product of the environment from which you are born. You can break free of it or it can destroy you. When we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio program, let's talk about this Joe's checkup going to Walter Reed. One thing they didn't check was his brain. It's such a weird omission, isn't it? Let's go there. As the narrative about mental fitness switches next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program.
Oh, boy. You know, it, it was breaking news doo, 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 yesterday. We're like, holy mackerel. It's an uns- it is an unscheduled stop at Walter Reed. They put Marine One up in the air. They flew the chopper to Walter Reed with, with Joe Biden. <gasps> yeah, it was a physical. Okay. Guess what they didn't test? His brain. Because you know that makes sense. We're going to watch the robot walk into bushes, right? Uh, we're going to watch him walk. That They're like, that's he's got arthritis in his spine. Well, he's got something going on. I got to tell you, something going on. Does he have arthritis in his mouth? Because he can't talk. He doesn't know where he is. Everybody knows what's going on. And the, the lie that they have to try to continue in, in, the, in the press briefings, it, it's so insulting. It's so insulting. Take responsibility. Here's the responsibility they should take. Look, Joe Biden was out to lunch the minute we floated him as a candidate. He was corrupt as balls and everybody knew it. So he decided to join on and we could we could do our progressive global cabal, new liberal world order crap through him pretending he was doing it because he had no idea what the hell was going on. And Jill really wanted to be in the big house. So that's what ended up happening. Right. And then when he became less useful, we decided to drip, drip, drip all of the corruption out just so you guys know what we have. Everybody good with that? Okay, we'll see you tomorrow. Break. That would have been something I would have enjoyed. Just tell the truth. You got to love that the media are sitting there in this press briefing room and they're like, oh, we're going to get some details. No, you're going to get propaganda. You're going to get the narrative. You're going to get the lies. You're going to get the cover-ups, the smoke screens. You're going to get the delays, the stonewalling, the slow walking. And it's insulting. And I'm freaking done. You know, this isn't even about lying about war, lying about expenditures or lying about the border, lying about that sort of stuff. It's just basic, intrinsic, inherent, easy crap. But what do we say? Liars going to lie. Once you start. Do you know how hard it is to have a relationship where you always tell the truth? To the point where it twists you in knots because you know it's better to to lie for your own self-protection. That it's better for you. And then you know that if you do that, it'll keep you up at night and it'll eat you up and you'll be a ball of nerves because you have a conscience and you care. There are a lot of people out there who've, who've sold out. They've sold out to a degree that I don't know is redeemable. Here's your story, dailymail.com. I love going to London to get the stories about the United States. <laughs> this is where we are. The White House confirmed President Joe Biden did not take a cognitive test during his annual physical on Wednesday and insisted he, quote, doesn't need one. Doesn't need one. Well, I, pff, far be it from me to tell you what was said. Let's hear from Corrine Jean-Pierre herself because this is... Insulting. Go. I think uh, I think folks need to understand that the president passes, again, a cognitive test every day. If you look at what a clinical cognitive test is actually what it actually does, it is a 15 minute appointment that is that is administered by someone that most of the time people don't actually know. And (laughs) what? And uh, and the president has a team of doctors that is with him 24 seven. And he is able to do the work uh, every day What? Uh, that is rigorous, that is more rigorous than it would be for any 15-minute clinical, uh, clinical appointment. That's not the question, Corrine. 
Why didn't he have a cognitive test? Dude's 81 years old. It's natural. We got to make sure the guy's in charge. He's obviously not. And so when a reporter says, hey, Korean, why no cognitive test? She says, well, you know, the cognitive test, it's really just a 15-minute thing, and it's by somebody you don't know, and that's really not valuable when he's got a whole team of hacks around him who will lie with impunity and, and right to your face. Next question. Is that good enough for you? Do you hear the, the spinning? That, that's, that's wheels spinning, trying to come up with something to say. I, get, I want somebody in the audience once. I'd, I'd pay them $1,000, right? I'll throw it down right now, $1,000 to anybody in the press pool who stands up and does, a, does a, a princess bride and goes, liar! I would be like, oh my God, you're my hero. Here is a grand. Thank you very much. But she's not done. She's not done lying. I've got another audio soundbite from her. But hold on. Let's get back to the Daily Mail. Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre brushed aside concerns that the 81-year-old isn't fit for a second term. He wasn't fit for a first term. He wasn't fit ever. He was, he was the, the poster child of mental mediocrity at best. He had to lie constantly, right? Nobody's sitting here thinking the guy is, is, is you know, Einstein. But we all know what we all know. Corinne Jean-Pierre dismisses the need for a cognitive, despite the Department of Justice calling him an elderly man with a poor memory in the special counsel report that got them all ticked off. His doctor, she said, including the neurologist, did not believe that he needs one, she said. Folks need to understand that the president passes a cognitive test every day. No, he doesn't, which is why he's on vacation 40% of the time. And when he is around, he's out to lunch and they call a lid on his day by one. Kareem, please. I want you to hear audio soundbite number two. You know, if we're going to have, if we're going to have Walter Reed, you're going to have, you're going to have Marine One drop him off on the roof. It's going to be this big deal. Everybody's thinking about the guy. He's obviously old. Why don't we talk to his, why don't we talk to his doctor? Well, where's this Kevin O'Connor guy? He's been part of his life for a while. Let's get Kevin O'Connor, Dr. O'Connor, his presidential physician, his guy. Why don't we get his guy? Because we got all the other guys from the other presidents. We got to talk to them directly. This is where the spin starts really spinning. Go. Why? Has, is uh, the president or uh, your office not willing to make Dr. O'Connor available to us uh, to answer questions here? Previous presidents yeah. have put their doctors up at that lectern. Uh, why why so, not? This so one? a couple of things, Andrew, and the president said that they thought he was too young. So, you know, you heard from the president. He <laughs> talked about this uh, That's when great. he was asked. And so, look. Jerk. As it relates to Dr. O'Connor, look. This is someone who has served under Republican and Democratic uh, presidents in the White House as a military physician, extensively in the field as well. Uh, and, uh, and so he is well respected. And let's not remember, let's not forget, there was a, he, has, he did this with a team, a team of 20, 20 doctors wow. who participated in completing uh, the president's 20. physical at Walter Reed. So it wasn't just him. Nope. There were uh, specialists that were part of this as well. Wow. And, uh, and I think that's important it, to note. Totally. And, it's important to note that there were specialists. <laughs> right. Was Dr. Jill one of them? <laughs> right. All right.
right? There were people. There was a lot of people. Look, I don't need a lot of people to tell me what everybody knows. Dude is gone. He's been gone. He's like Mitch McConnell. Don't just step down from leadership. Freaking retire. Do the world a favor. Move along. You suck. Everybody knows you suck. Look at the suck you've created and all the tentacles of your suckery. It's it's everywhere. Holy mackerel. And she's going to try to sit there and tell you, look, I'm not going to bring out his doctor. Just you know that there was a whole lot of people around him. Everybody was in the room. Why? This is like saying 51 former law, you know, intelligence officials say, oh, it's a it's a Russian plant. The laptop is fake. Well, did you see it? Well, now I don't need to see it. I mean, I've been told what to say. I mean, but you better listen to me because I'm a former FBI director. I was in the CIA. Right? This is Hunter Biden saying, believe me, listen to me. I've done nothing except being a lousy, lousy rat fink business person. Right? I've been bribed. I've been I've been all sorts of stuff. But you should believe me when I talk to you. (laughs) It's it's so ridiculous. If ever once, ever once, Corrine Jean-Pierre stood up there and said, yeah, you know, uh, the, the open border thing, now that we're looking at it, probably not our best moment in this administration. And so now we're trying to work it out to, to fix this problem. All of a sudden, you'd have people going, wait, What? And then you'd have this coalescing of people who are like, okay, so let's fix the freaking problem. Build the wall. Get these people out. Let's go. But instead, no, there's no problem. The border is secure. Donald Trump did it. It's MAGA Republicans. Ew. If you cannot answer a simple question and you cannot do what is right And the elephant in the room with Joe Biden's wellness is his cognitive ability. If you're not going to talk about that, right? Don't tell us that we need $60 billion more for Ukraine. Please. Please don't tell us that there's not a human trafficking debacle in our country. That is the, the darkest stain on our national legacy ever please don't don't tell us that and don't tell us that joe biden never talked to his family don't tell us to to deny what we see to to disbelieve the evidence presented by people who know don't insult our intelligence and that is all they do Jean-Pierre also pushed back when a reporter asked for Biden's doctor. You heard that? Dr. Kevin O'Connor. There's not a precedent for bringing the doctor into the briefing room. I understand that it's happened a few times over the last 35 years, a couple of times, but it's actually not the precedent. We can't bring the doctor in because he would be forced to lie to you, to your face, and he might not be comfortable doing that. I'm comfortable doing it. Hell, I make a living doing that. It's all I know how to do. This other guy, I'm not so sure he's going to want to go out there on the record and tell you that Joe Biden is crisp as, as crisp can be, that he is 
seasoned, as Chris Coons calls him, wise, sage, knowledgeable, grandfatherly, if you will. No, what he is is criminal. And he has sold America out to the highest bidders all over the world. That's not a conspiracy. That's not a MAGA talking point. That is just the truth. Doesn't it feel good to hear the truth? When we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio program, we got to get to this this new narrative. And there's only one guy who can bring home the narrative. It's not about it's not about Joe Biden's mental aptitude. It's not about his anything. It's actually Donald Trump who is unfit and unwell. And guess who's saying it? Howard Dean. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio program. Really interesting to watch uh, the reaction to the headlines. So we'd like to share with you headlines. Um, I normally will tell you where I'm getting an article, how you can find it as well. And, and I'll read a paragraph or two. Not often will we read the whole thing, but the whole point isn't the story. It's the people's responses to the story, how it's covered, how it makes people feel, the reaction. And I think once you once you enjoy seeing the ripple effect and once you get patient enough to see the, to see it coming your way, um, you get to you get to really understand at a deeper level how much how many people suck, right? It's just it is what it is. So Howard Dean, for some reason, um, he's on MSNBC, and he is he is floated out there um, as the Supreme Court yesterday ruled. Yes, we are going to uh, get involved in this. Donald Trump controversy of whether or not he had immunity while he was president and afterwards, which would which would totally throw a rock in the spokes of this whole drive to get him convicted of something. Doesn't matter what it convict him of something. E. Jean Carroll, that wasn't enough of a stick. Right. That was a meh, that was an appetizer. That was so stupid. It wasn't even funny. And everybody knows it. They need something to stick. So the Supreme Court yesterday says, you know what? We believe that we should probably wade into this presidential immunity thing regarding January 6th. Da, da, da. We're going to we're going to weigh in on it. And that's going to throw the docket of this court case back a bit. MSNBC, all of their guests, they lose their collective minds. It's wild. And for some reason, they lead off last night with Howard Dean trying to flip the 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 script here and say that it's actually Donald Trump, not Joe Biden, who is incompetent, unwell, unfit, unstable. And he's going to allege that Donald Trump in some way is rigging the primaries. He's he's out there, ladies and gentlemen, bogged down by four simultaneous indictments, 91 charges, hundreds of millions of dollars in penalties while, oh, yes, simultaneously running for re-election leading up to the biggest day of it all, Super Tuesday. Tuesday. He totally has time to be rigging primaries. But this is this is Howard Dean. Audio soundbite number one. Go. It's very different. Trump has more or less fixed the nomination. I mean, if you look at these primaries that are going on, the, the one tomorrow, tomorrow, for example, most of the delegates are already going to be decided by a convention and which Trump is stacked. So I think there's going to be something like 16 percent of the delegates get assigned by the voters tomorrow and the rest is inside baseball he did exactly the same thing uh in the other states that he's running he's he's rigged the 
the election, essentially, so that only he can get enough delegates to win. He's rigged it. Now, meantime, the banner below their picture says GOP. It says MAGA alert. 20 percent of GOP primary opposes Trump. Well, he got 80 percent or whatever he got and 20 percent voted for somebody else. Do you do you understand just at face value how stupid those base decisions are? Instead of saying Trump wins, you know, Michigan primary in a landslide, they carve out the 20 percent of the of the GOP voters who didn't choose Donald Trump when everybody else did. And they're going to make that whatever. Right. So you, you see this. Then Howard Dean goes on, though, because he's got to he's got to try to stick this landing. And he wants to he's going to say Nikki Haley has got to stay in this race. Because something could happen to Donald Trump. This is what makes me uncomfortable. Something could happen to him. And she needs to be ready in the wings. Ew. Listen. Haley's hope has to be that she can present herself well as an alternative to Trump so that the convention can accept her. Should either Trump have a health problem, which he's certainly just as likely as Biden to have, if not more. I mean, he's, I bet, I'll bet you anything that Joe Biden could beat the daylights out of Trump in a in a push-up contest, for example, and Trump knows it too, although if it was a cheeseburger eating contest, it might oh. turn out differently. Isn't that, that's insulting. It's, it's juvenile, it's immature, it's, it's below the, the frequency at which you and I are oscillating in a country in decline. And, and you wanna talk about push-ups and cheeseburgers, you hack? It, th- this is who they go to on MSNBC and he's not done. He wants you to know more than anything else. It's not Joe Biden. We're pointing fingers somewhere else. Donald Trump is unfit, unwell, my goodness, too unpredictable. Oh boy, listen. It is a very different situation. You have here a guy who I I think is unstable uh, and requires attention. So he can't let go of this. There's not gonna be no resignation. There's gonna be no, I will not seek and I will not accept. Um, he's he's in it for the long run because he has to be for his psychological um, impairment. Wow. His psychological impairment. Wow, says the anchor. Wow. Well, you know what? As for psychological impairment, we are reminded of this, Howard Dean. Not only are we going to New Hampshire, Tom Larkin, <laughs> we're going to South Carolina yeah! and Oklahoma and Arizona <laughs> and North Dakota and New Mexico. We're going to California and Texas and New York. Yeah! We're going to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington and Michigan. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. Yeah! <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not supposed to be this enjoyable, but it is. It is. So (laughs) just pay attention. Joe Biden, clearly the elephant in the room is his mental state. It was so the elephant in the room, they had to like squeeze around it in Kevin O'Connor's doctor's visit of Joe Biden yesterday to try to allege that he's just so with it. We didn't even think about doing that cognitive crap that we do on everybody else. It's it's gross. And and poor Howard Dean. You know, sometimes it's okay to walk away from politics, and he should have a long time. Wah! Okay, so you guys got <laughs> it.
too much fun. Okay, so our number two of the Wendy Bell Radio program is on tap. And we're just kind of setting the table for you as the mainstream media literally has a meltdown over the high court saying, you know what, we need to get involved in this presidential immunity thing. We see danger on the on the horizon and we got to wade in on this. Oh, my. He- this is the sound of the media's head blowing up. I've got it for you next. Hour number two of the Wendy Bell Radio program. 